It appears very simple. And we may feel that he's not addressing us. But what was this? Let us identify even the sin this man committed. Look at the way Abraham judged him. So what sin did he commit? They didn't say he was a robber. They didn't say he was a killer. They didn't say he was a foreigner. They didn't say he was a, a thief. The only thing that he dresses well and has and celebrates his meal. Now, what would wanted him to be in torment for goodness sake? Have you thought about that before? Yes. So, which sin did he commit? What was wrong with his life? Well, he was insensitive to the poor. Is that enough? No, don't be surprised. This person is a very is a correct Jew. Yes. Who, who knows all the religious things? You see, personally, me, when I read the word of God sometimes, I get scared. I don't read it for people. I read it for myself. <laughs> I read it for myself. And the man found himself in that kind of place. And he did not say it was an injustice. He accepted his faith that it was his fault. That's why he said, please, can you send Lazarus to go and tell my brothers? I have five brothers. So it means he accepted his faith. It was his fault. Go and tell my five brothers and warn them. Lest they come to this place of torment by their insensitivity. You know, a few days ago, I shared with you the three degrees or three classes of repentance. Of repentance from sin, of repentance from uh, uh, our likes and dislikes, I mean, desires. Then we have repentance, uh, which has to do with carrying the glory of God. This man had passed the first stage of sin. He wasn't accused to be a killer. He wasn't accused to be a womanizer. He wasn't accused to be a drunkard. He wasn't accused of all those things. But he failed in the second degree of repentance. Insensitivity. As a matter of fact, when you begin to grow spiritually, and you enter this second level, you will now see that actually your blessing, the blessing that God gives you, is not for you. You are a custodian. Because you have more than enough for yourself. You are actually a missionary to reach out to others, to help people's lives. But the culture of the world makes you feel that you have arrived. You have money to spend the way you want. That's what the culture of the world teaches you. But after God has trusted you, you have become the answer to the cry of many around you. And it's your responsibility, it's part of your Christian growth, that as you grow, you become sensitive to the needs of others and reach out to them. And when you fail to grow and think that by so much that you have, it is all about I, me, and myself, then this judgment can come upon you. Look at a rich man who had a bumper harvest. Anybody in the normal sense of the world, when you 
get a contract of our of 40 billion. Ah, God has blessed you. You go for Thanksgiving. If I were to speak the language of the spirituality in that sense, that amount of great, you know, uh, uh, blessing that came to you is not for you. You are a, as much of a, you are a distributor. Now, this man said, Go and tell my brothers that what we're celebrating as success, as a family of success, hey, is a curse. And Abraham, as usual, said, No. No need because they will not believe. He said, Even when someone rises from the dead, they will not believe because carnality, futility, has held them bound. Don't ever say it doesn't concern you. It concerns all of us. We may not be too rich, but we know that we have basically all we need and see have extra that we can use to do stupid things. Money that you should use to help families that have no food. You are used to go and take the chieftain's title. So they will call you Igwe. Who try to you know, receive, receive the approval of men. So say, do not receive approval from men. He made it clearly. Men have no audacity to give you approval. And that's why even though we believe in the report of men, the report of God is greater. These are the details of the Christian demands. There are many Christians don't look into it. For them, it makes no sense. But that is enough to take you to hell. It's enough. Because I sat down and said, Lord, wait, now Jesus, you're the one who gave this story to the Pharisees. Jesus cannot make up a story. I'm sure he just went to the archives of heaven and picked a case that was handled. Amen? That's what he did. As a judge of heaven and earth, he went to his archives and picked a file and said, let me give you a story of what has happened. It is not a cooked up story. It's not teaching moral lesson here. Just like if you meet a judge, he picks a case that was handled last year and tells you, look at what happened. And what Jesus just did here. So you and I can learn. And the learn will begin now, the better. Finally, in the first reading, Jeremiah continues with his discourse. You know, the day before, or yesterday, he talked about the plot against him. And we're trying to articulate ourselves in the light of how we should be wise as Christians. We must be detailed in our wisdom of God. He said, they are plotting against me. People I prayed for. People I stand in and stand in regard for. People I have helped to you know, go up, grow up. These are the ones who have plotted against me. Lord God, in the end times, in the days we are right now, a lot of that will happen. Your fellow brothers will backstab you. They will stand against you. You have to be sensitive to it. God is sharing this with us so that we can what, understand. And we need to take some measures that will help us. Don't wait until you, you know, it happens to you before you now need to say, ah, I didn't expect this. Now God is saying, expect it. In the reading of today, Jeremiah says what? He says, 
Thus says the Lord. I'm sure it was in the course of that prayer when he was praying, like when he was praying there, he said, uh, is it evil? Is evil a recompense for good? Yet they have dug a pit for my life. I did good to them. Remember how I stood before you to speak good for them. They turned away. They turned away your rod against them. But now they have said, come. It was plot against Jeremiah. I'm sure it was in the cause of that prayer. Interceding and saying, God, why are they paying me evil for good? Then God answered, thus says the Lord. Cause is the man who trusts in man. Can you imagine that? And makes flesh his arm, whose heart turns away from the Lord. Some of those things you trust your friends and colleagues for were actually the trust you should give unto God. The Bible says Jesus put his heart in no man's hand. Be wise like the serpent. There's going to be plenty of betrayers, backstabbings. You've got to learn to discipline yourself. And this are the, the, the truth is that the devil will not poison the hearts of so many. You will see your fellow Christian do very obnoxious things towards you. Very important that you understand that. Don't put your trust in man. Put your trust in God. Don't believe that this person will be this to you. Someone was asking me yesterday, but for instance, it doesn't mean we should not love, should not love. When we ask that we should love, now I say, you see, you are mixing a lot of things together. Jesus on the cross of Calvary, he was suffering. They didn't he love you. They love you. You should love. Wish people good, but don't put your heart in their hands. Learn to expect the world from people. Put your trust in nobody. There are people who, hey, what to do this? They will come out and say, let us go. Hey, be very careful. <laughs> As you are moving, once there's a portal, they will even close your eyes and tell you, continue, 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 then you will fall into it. Then I say, ah, what happened? But they knew there was a portal there, but they didn't tell you. Put your trust in nobody. Finally, let me just repeat this story again. I happen to put you here. For a group of engineers, their friends, they party all the time. They share their secrets. Then it will, it will, one work came out of that. Very, very good job. They have been all vying for the job, and eventually this young guy did it. About four billion project. He's into they're into all this uh, mining and all that. And his colleagues knew that he was the who got the job, and they paid him the first uh, this thing. Took about two point five million. They, they paid him. And he called his friend to celebrate after he had done some job and all that. So he, they came and they had party and they drank and all that. That very night he was celebrating, or the night they plotted against him. The remaining 1.5 billion, they said they must get it, not him again. And what they do around 1 a.m., when they were drinking and having their fun, they called him and said, Ah, come, 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 there's something we need to address now. It's like another job is coming. And as a friend, he believed them. And it was in his own, in his own office. His, the office is a third-story building. And then they climbed up, climbed up. And when they reached the third-story building, before they entered his office, they pushed him from there. He fell and broke his waist and his spinal cord. I went to the National Hospital to go and pray for him when he was in coma over two weeks. 
Eventually he died. Who did that to him? His best friends. Those who were very close to him. That's why he said, he said the heart of man is perverse and dubious too. If your heart is not graced, forget it. Anything can come out of your heart. And that's why you don't give any room at all for anything to start developing your heart. Don't say you can manage it. Be it hot, be it hatred, be it envy, be it bitterness. Don't leave it there too long. It will produce fruit that you least expect. And that's why the Bible says, guard your heart with all diligence. May God bless us. Bless the house for Christ our Lord. Amen.